0: Chapter Three Point Twenty Nine, Part Three, of Personal Narrative of Travels to the Equinoctial Regions of America, during the Years Seventeen Ninety Nine to Eighteen O Four, Volume Three, by Alexander von Humboldt, translated by Thomasina Ross. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three Point Twenty Nine, Part Three. Among the few rivers worthy of attention, the Rio Guineus may be noticed the rio armendaras or chorero of which the waters are led to the havana by the Sanya de antonelli the rio canto on the north of the town of bayamo the rio maximo which rises on the east of puerto Principe, the rio sagua grande near Villa clara the rio de las palmas which issues opposite cayo galeado the small rivers Haruco and santa cruz between guanabo and matanzas navigable at the distance of some miles from their mouths and favourable for the shipment of sugar casks the rio san antonio which like many others is engulfed in the caverns of limestone rocks the rio guaurabo west of the port of trinidad and the rio Galafre in the fertile districts of filipinas which throws itself into the laguna de Cortez. the most abundant springs rise on the southern coast where from Hagua to punta de sabina over a length of forty-six leagues, the soil is extremely marshy. So great is the abundance of the waters which filter by the clefts of the stratified rock that, from the effect of an hydrostatic pressure, fresh water springs far from the coast, and amidst salt water. The jurisdiction of the Havana is not the most fertile part of the island, and the few sugar plantations that existed in the vicinity of the capital are now converted into farms for cattle, potreros, and fields of maize and forage, of which the profits are considerable. The agriculturists of the island of Cuba distinguish two kinds of earth, often mixed together like the squares of a draft board, black earth, negra oprieta, clayey and full of moisture, and red earth, Bermeja, more siliceous and containing oxide of iron. The tierra negra is generally preferred, on account of its best preserving humidity for the cultivation of the sugar cane and the tierra bermeja for coffee but many sugar plantations are established on the red soil the climate of the havana is in accordance with the extreme limits of the torrid zone it is a tropical climate in which a more unequal distribution of heat at different parts of the year denotes the passage to the climates of the temperate zone calcutta latitude twenty two degrees thirty four minutes north canton latitude twenty three degrees eight minutes north macao latitude twenty two degrees twelve minutes north the havana latitude twenty three degrees nine minutes north and rio de janeiro latitude twenty two degrees fifty four minutes south are places which from their position at the level of the ocean near the tropics of cancer and capricorn consequently at an equal distance from the equator afford great facilities for the study of meteorology This study can only advance by the determination of certain numerical elements which are the indispensable basis of the laws we seek to discover the aspect of vegetation being identical near the limits of the torrid zone and at the equator we are accustomed to confound vaguely the climates of two zones comprised between zero and ten degrees and between fifteen and twenty three degrees of latitude the region of palm-trees bananas and arborescent gramna extends far beyond the two tropics but it would be dangerous to apply what has been observed at the extremity of the tropical zone to what may take place in the plains near the equator in order to rectify those errors it is important that the mean temperature of the year and the months be well known as also the thermometric oscillations in different seasons at the parallel of the havana and to prove by an exact comparison with other points alike distant from the equator for instance with rio de janeiro and macao that the lowering of temperature observed in the island of cuba is owing to the eruption and stream of layers of cold air borne from the temperate zones toward the tropics of cancer and capricorn the mean temperature of the havana according to four years of good observations is twenty five point seven degrees twenty point six degrees are only two degrees centigrade above that of the regions of america nearest the equator the proximity of the sea raises the mean temperature of the year on the coast but in the interior of the island when the north winds penetrate with the same force and where the soil rises to a height of forty toises the mean temperature attains only twenty three degrees eighteen point four degrees R, and does not exceed that of cairo and lower egypt the difference between the mean temperature of the hottest and coldest months rises to twelve degrees in the interior of the island at the havana and on the coast to eight degrees at cumana to scarcely three degrees the hottest months july and august attain twenty eight point eight degrees at the island of cuba perhaps twenty nine point five degrees of mean temperature as at the equator the coldest months are december and january their mean temperature in the interior of the island is seventeen degrees at the havana twenty one degrees that is five to eight degrees below the same months at the equator, yet still three degrees above the hottest month at Paris. It will be interesting to compare the climate of the Havana with that of Macao and Rio de Janeiro, two places, one of which is near the limit of the northern torrid zone on the eastern coast of Asia, and the other on the eastern coast of America, toward the extremity of the southern torrid zone. The climate of the Havana, notwithstanding the frequency of the north and northwest winds, is hotter than that of Macao and Rio de Janeiro. The former partakes of the cold which, owing to the frequency of the west winds, is felt in winter along all the eastern coast of a great continent. The proximity of spaces of land covered with mountains and tablelands renders the distribution of heat in different months of the year more unequal at Macao and Canton than in an island bounded on the west and north by the hot waters of the Gulf Stream. The winters are therefore much colder at Canton and Macao than at the Havana, yet the latitude of Macao is one degree more southerly than that of the Havana, and the latter town and Canton are, within nearly a minute, on the same parallel. The thermometer at Canton has sometimes almost reached the point zero, and by the effect of reflection, ice has been found on the terraces of houses. Although this great cold never lasts more than one day, the English merchants residing at Canton like to make chimney fires in their apartments from November to January, while at the Havana the artificial warmth even of a Brazero is not required. Hail is frequent, and the hailstones are extremely large in the Asiatic climate of Canton and Macao, while it is scarcely seen once in fifteen years at the Havana. In these three places the thermometer sometimes keeps up for several hours between zero and four degrees centigrade, and yet, circumstance which appears to be very remarkable snow has never been seen to fall and notwithstanding the great lowering of the temperature the bananas and the palm trees are as beautiful around canton macau and the havana as in the plains nearest the equator in the island of cuba the lowering of the temperature lasts only during intervals of such short duration that in general neither the banana the sugar cane, nor other productions of the torrid zone suffer much We know how well plants of vigorous organization resist temporary cold, and that the orange trees of Genoa survive the fall of snow and endure cold which does not more than exceed six or seven degrees below freezing point. As the vegetation of the island of Cuba bears the character of the vegetation of the regions near the equator, we are surprised to find, even in the plains, a vegetable form of the temperate climates and mountains of the equatorial part of Mexico. I have often directed the attention of botanists to this extraordinary phenomenon in the geography of plants. The pine, Pinus occidentalis, is not found in the Lesser Antilles, not even in Jamaica, between seventeen and three-quarters and eighteen and a half degrees of latitude. It is only seen farther north, in the mountains of San Domingo and in all that part of the island of Cuba, situated between twenty and twenty-three degrees of latitude. It attains a height of from sixty to seventy feet and it is remarkable that the cajoba mahogany Swietenia mahogany lin and the pine vegetate at the island of piños in the same plains we also find pines in the southeastern part of the island of cuba on the declivity of the copper mountains where the soil is barren and sandy the interior tableland of mexico is covered with the same species of coniferous plants at least the specimens brought by m bonpland and myself from acaguisotla nevado de toluca and Confre de Perote do not appear to differ specifically from the pinus occidentalis of the west india islands described by schwartz now those pines which we see at sea-level in the island of cuba in twenty and twenty-two degrees of latitude and which belong only to the southern part of that island do not descend on the mexican continent between the parallels of seventeen and a half and nineteen and a half degrees below the elevation of five hundred toises i even observed that on the road from parote to jalapa in the eastern mountains opposite to the island of cuba the limit of the pines is nine hundred and thirty-five toises while in the western mountains between chilpanzingo and acapulco near cuasiniquelipa two degrees further south it is five hundred and eighty toises and perhaps on some points four hundred and fifty these anomalies of stations are very rare in the torrid zone and are probably less connected with the temperature than with the nature of the soil In the system of the migration of plants, we must suppose that the Pinus occidentalis of Cuba came from Yucatan, before the opening of the channel between Cape Catoche and Cape San Antonio, and not from the United States, so rich in coniferous plants, for in Florida the species of which we have here traced the botanical geography has not been discovered. About the end of April, Monsieur Bonpland and myself, having completed the observations we proposed to make at the northern extremity of the Torrid Zone, were on the point of proceeding to Vera Cruz with a squadron of Admiral ariz Tisabal, but being misled by false intelligence, respecting the expedition of Captain Baudin, we were induced to relinquish the project of passing through Mexico on our way to the Philippine Islands. The public journals announced that two French sloops, the Géographe and Naturaliste, had sailed for Cape Horn, that they were to proceed along the coast of chile and peru and thence to new holland this intelligence revived in my mind all the projects i had formed during my stay in paris when i solicited the directory to hasten the departure of captain baudin on leaving spain i had promised to rejoin the expedition wherever i could reach it m bonpland and i resolved instantly to divide our herbals into three portions to avoid exposing to the risks of a long voyage the objects we had obtained with so much difficulty on the banks of the orinoco the atabapo and the rio negro we sent one collection by way of england to germany another by way of cadiz to france and a third remained at the havana we had reason to congratulate ourselves on this foresight each collection contained nearly the same species and no precautions were neglected to have the cases if taken by english or french vessels remitted to sir joseph banks or to the professors of natural history at the museum at paris it happened fortunately that the manuscripts which i at first intended to send with the collection to cadiz were not entrusted to our much-esteemed friend and fellow-traveller fray juan gonzalez of the order of the observance of saint francis who had followed us to the havana with the view of returning to spain he left the island of cuba soon after us but the vessel in which he sailed foundered on the coast of africa and the cargo and crew were all lost by this event we lost some of the duplicates of our herbals and what was more important all the insects which monsieur bonpland had with great difficulty collected during our voyage to the orinoco and the rio negro by a singular fatality, we remained two years in the Spanish colonies without receiving a single letter from Europe, and those which arrived in the three following years made no mention of what we had transmitted. The reader may imagine my uneasiness for the fate of a journal which contained astronomical observations and barometrical measurements, of which I had made not any copy. After having visited New Granada, Peru, and Mexico, and just when I was preparing to leave the new continent, I happened At a public library of Philadelphia to cast my eyes on a scientific publication in which I found these words arrival of m de humboldt's manuscripts at his brother's house in Paris by way of Spain. I could scarcely suppress an exclamation of joy while m Bonpland laboured day and night to divide and put our collections in order, a thousand obstacles arose to impede our departure there was no vessel in the port of the Havana that would convey us to Portobello or Cartagena. The persons I consulted seemed to take pleasure in exaggerating the difficulties of the passage of the Isthmus and the dangerous voyage from Panama to Guayaquil and from Guayaquil to Lima and Valparaiso. Not being able to find a passage in any neutral vessel, I freighted a Catalonian sloop, lying at Batabano, which was to be at my disposal, to take me either to Portobello or Cartagena according as the gales of St. Martha might permit. Note, the gales of St. Martha blow with great violence at that season below latitude 12 degrees. End of note. The prosperous state of commerce at the Havana, and the multiplied connections of that city with the ports of the Pacific, would facilitate for me the means of procuring funds for several years. General Don Gonzalo Ofero, resided at the time in my native country as Minister of the Court of Spain, i could exchange my revenues in prussia for a part of his at the island of cuba and the family of don Ignacio Oferal y herrera brother of the general concurred kindly in all that could favour my new projects on the sixth of march the vessel i had freighted was ready to receive us the road to batabano led us once more by guineas to the plantation of rio blanco the property of count Haruco Imopox. the road from rio blanco to batabano runs across an uncultivated country, half covered with forests. In the open spots the indigo plant and the cotton tree grow wild. As the capsule of the gossypium opens, at the season when the northern storms are most frequent, the down that envelops the seed is swept from one side to the other, and the gathering of the cotton, which is of a very fine quality, suffers greatly. Several of our friends, among whom was Senor de Mendoza, captain of the port of Valparaiso, and brother to the celebrated astronomer who resided so long in london accompanied us to portrero de mopox in rising further southward we found a new palm-tree with fan-leaves having a free thread between the interstices of the folios this corypha covers a part of the southern coast and takes the place of the majestic palma real and the cocos crispa of the northern coast porous limestone of the jura formation appeared from time to time in the plain. Batabano was then a poor village, and its church had been completed only a few years previously. The Cienega begins at the distance of half a league from the village. It is a tract of marshy soil, extending from the Laguna de Cortes as far as the mouth of the Rio Jagua, on a length of sixty leagues from west to east. At Batabano it is believed that in those regions the sea continues to gain upon the land, and that the oceanic eruption was particularly remarkable at the period of the great upheaving which took place at the end of the eighteenth century when the tobacco mills disappeared and the rio Chorrera changed its course nothing can be more gloomy than the aspect of these marshes around batabano not a shrub breaks the monotony of the prospect a few stunted trunks of palm trees rise like broken masts amidst great tufts of juncia and irides as we stayed only one night at Batamano, I regretted much that I was unable to obtain precise information relative to the two species of crocodiles which infest the Cienega. The inhabitants give to one of these animals the name of Cayman, to the other that of Crocodile, or, as they say commonly in Spain, Cocodrilo. They assured us that the latter has most agility and measures most in height. His snout is more pointed than that of the Cayman, and they are never found together." The crocodile is very courageous and is said to climb into boats when he can find a support for his tail. He frequently wanders to the distance of a league from the Rio Cauto and the marshy coast of Hagua to devour the pigs on the islands. This animal is sometimes fifteen feet long and will, it is said, pursue a man on horseback, like the wolves in Europe while the animals exclusively called caimans at Batabano are so timid that people bathe without apprehension in places where they live in bands. These peculiarities, and the name of Cocodrillo, given at the island of Cuba to the most dangerous of the carnivorous reptiles, appear to me to indicate a different species from the great animals of the Orinoco, Río Magdalena, and St. Domingo. In other parts of the Spanish-American continent, The settlers, deceived by the exaggerated accounts of the ferocity of crocodiles in Egypt, allege that the real crocodile is only found in the Nile. Zoologists have, however, ascertained that there are in America caimans or alligators with obtuse snouts and legs not indented, and crocodiles with pointed snouts and indented legs, and in the Old Continent both crocodiles and gaviales. The crocodilus acutus of San Domingo, in which i cannot hitherto specifically distinguish the crocodiles of the great rivers of the orinoco and the magdalena has according to cuvier so great a resemblance to the crocodile of the nile that it required a minute examination to prove that the rule laid down by buffon relative to the distribution of species between the tropical regions of the two continents was correct This striking analogy was ascertained by M. Geoffroy de saint hilaire in 1803, when General Rochambeau sent a crocodile from San domingo to the Museum of Natural History at Paris. M. Bonpland and myself had made drawings and detailed descriptions, in 1801 and 1802, of the same species which inhabit the great rivers of South America, during our passage on the Apure, the Orinoco, and the Magdalena we committed the mistake so common to travellers of not sending them at once to europe together with some young specimens end of note on my second visit to the havana in 1804 i could not return to the cienega of batabanó and therefore i had the two species called caimans and crocodiles by the inhabitants brought to me at great expense two crocodiles arrived alive the oldest was 4 feet 3 inches long they had been caught with great difficulty and were conveyed muzzled and bound on a mule for they were exceedingly vigorous and fierce in order to observe their habits and movements we placed them in a great hall where by climbing on a very high piece of furniture we could see them attack great dogs note m de courti who knows the habits of the crocodile better than any other author has written on that reptile saw like dampier and myself the Crocodilus acutus often touches tail with his mouth. End of note. Having seen much of crocodiles during six months on the Orinoco, the Rio Apure, and the Magdalena, we were glad to have another opportunity of observing their habits before our return to Europe. The animals sent to us from Batabano had the snout nearly as sharp as the crocodiles of the Orinoco and the Magdalena, Crocodilus acutus cuve. Their color was dark green on the back, and white below the belly, with yellow spots on the flanks. I count it, as in all the real crocodiles, thirty-eight teeth in the upper jaw and thirty in the lower. In the former, the tenth and ninth, and in the latter, the first and fourth, were the largest. In the description made by M. Bonpland and myself on the spot, we have expressly marked that the lower fourth tooth rises over the upper jaw. The posterior extremities were palmated these crocodiles of batabano appear to us to be specifically identical with the crocodilus acutus it is true that the accounts we heard of their habits did not quite agree with what we had ourselves observed on the orinoco but carnivorous reptiles of the same species are milder and more timid or fiercer and more courageous in the same river according to the nature of the localities the animal called the caiman at batabano died on the way and was not brought to us so that we could make no comparison of the two species Note: the four bags filled with musk bolzes still amzicla are in the crocodile of batabano exactly in the same position as in that of la rio de magdalena beneath the lower jaw and near the anus i was much surprised at not perceiving the smell of musk at the havana three days after the death of the animal in a temperature of thirty degrees while at Montpoc's on the banks of the Magdalena, living crocodiles infected our apartment. I have since found that Dampier also remarked an absence of smell in the crocodile of Cuba, where the cayman spreads a very strong smell of musk. End of note. I have no doubt that the crocodile with a sharp snout, and the alligator or caiman with a snout like a pike. Note. Crocodilus acutus of San Domingo, alligator Lucius of Florida and the Mississippi. End of note inhabit together, but in distinct bands, the marshy coast between Hagua, the Surgidero of Batabano, and the island of Pinos. In that island, Dampier was struck with the great difference between the Caymans and the American crocodiles. After having described, though not always with perfect correctness, several of the characteristics which distinguish crocodiles from Caymans, he traces the geographical distribution of those enormous Saurians. Quote, in the Bay of Campeche, End quote. He says, quote, "I saw only caimans or alligators at the island of Great Cayman. There are crocodiles and no alligators at the island of Pinos, and in the innumerable creeks of the coast of Cuba, there are both crocodiles and caimans." End quote. Note: Dampier's Voyages and Descriptions, fifteen ninety nine. End of note. To these valuable observations of Dampier, I may add that the real crocodile, Crocodilus acutus. Is found in the west india islands nearest the mainland for instance at the island of trinidad at margarita and also probably at curacao notwithstanding the want of fresh water it is observed further south in the Nevari, the rio magdalena the apure and the orinoco as far as the confluence of the cassiquiare with the rio negro latitude two degrees two minutes consequently more than 400 leagues from batabano it would be interesting to verify on the Eastern Coast of Mexico and Guatemala between the Mississippi and the Rio Chagres in the Isthmus of Panama the limit of the different species of carnivorous reptiles End of chapter three point twenty nine part three